Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen 174 days uh, to the Eurovision 2021. Uh, it's another digital citizen episode 268. Uh, yeah, because uh, we are start, starting counting down already now. 174 days before it happens. Uh, hi, Luke. Hi, for hi, everybody. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. There's not really a, much of a countdown we have to do, like, song-wise, because we already know all the songs, right? <laughs> well, we all uh, know. We know all the performers, almost, but no, none of the songs. Oh, it's the same performers, but not the same song. I thought it was just, like, they were using the same song and same performer and everything. As no. It was supposed to be no. this year. Oh, okay. No, no. They're not allowed to have the same same song, they are allowed to have the same performers. Interesting. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no. Uh, uh, it sounds like, from whatever they are saying, the EBU has just announced like new measures for Eurovision 21 to uh, ensure that everybody is there. And it's it's live on tape performances. How stupid does that sound? That's not live a thing. on tape. Right. That doesn't. That's uh, what oxymoron or whatever they say. Yes. 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 How can it be live on tape? I understand what they are meaning. I understand what they. It was they, live they, when they taped it. Right. <laughs> But it, it doesn't make any like, sense, but it, it was. It makes absolutely no sense. It's like backup, backup, backup singers. <laughs> back of, of, of the backup of the backup singers. Yeah, no, it's just, but uh, it seems, seems like they're going for alternative number four. I mean, uh, something else would be incredibly strange at this point. Uh, I know it's 174 days still, but. I don't see that uh, this crisis is over in 174 days. I mean, there's a bunch of vaccines happening, kind of, but uh, like you said a couple weeks ago, then there's this, like, European mutation of the coronavirus, which could not be at, or could be more resilient to the, um, depending on which vaccine it is, I guess, right? We don't really know that much about that yet, so. The mink corona, as I'm going to call it. Uh, yeah, or whatever they call it, COVID two or something. Yeah, <laughs> COVID two electric boogaloo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, at least uh, Trump have finally come on television and say he has lost the election. So that's good. Did he? Okay, I didn't see that. No, oh, he, oh, that's maybe because he didn't fucking do it this week either. Uh, no, he didn't. But, after weeks of delay, Ah. the head of General Service Administration informed President-elect Joe Biden on Monday that the official governmental transition process has been approved. 
The administrator, Emily Murphy, said that in a letter to Biden, who she referred to as the apparent president-elect, is now able to access millions of dollars of federal funds in order to begin his transition of power. In her letter, Murphy also denied that she had been under pressure from the White House to delay the process. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trump has vowed to continue his legal fight to contest the election, uh, the election results in a pair of tweets. Hours later, the president tweeted that he would never concede to fake ballots. And uh, never! Dominion, referring to a conspiracy theory of basis allegations, a company that makes voting machines deleted millions of Trump votes. Never, never concede. Never admit you're wrong. Ever. Never, ever do it. That's how you become famous and very rich and president. Never, ever concede. I think, honestly, in, like, if you were to take, like, classes on how how to be a political uh, lawyer, as far as, like, if you were a lawyer for somebody who was running a political campaign, I think, mm-hmm. like, probably the first thing they're going to teach you is if you lose, try to figure out if there's any problems. Like, that's one thing. What sure. the Republicans are doing is just trying to find any way to justify that they lost, right? It's just being a sore loser at this point is all it is. But yeah, uh, I mean, I have uh, I have heard so many funny conspiracy theories of how they lost the election this week that I I, I don't know if the Rudy Giuliani press conference was the cherry on the top of the ice cream but it definitely helped my mood this week it's like watching a a, a guy that is is super gross by the way <laughs> like cleaning his nose turning his handkerchief that way and then like smearing his face with the, the content of the handkerchief mm, what a terrific man Right, and then his, at least his son got COVID like right after that, and was present at that mm. press conference. Uh, I'm not sure if he got it. Did did Rudy get COVID yet? Do we know that? Um, don't think so. I know his. I, I, I know his son did for sure. I, I know that yes, but I I, I don't think his, he has said he has got right. it. Okay. I mean, he was leaking brain matter on that uh, television show. Uh, I think that was the brown stuff that he was drying off his face. I think he just has that cheap, like, when in the, <laughs> in the late 80s, early 90s, they had this can of spray that you would spray on your head to, like, make it look like you have hair. <laughs> Do you remember that from the 80s? It was, like, hair in a can or something. And it was just, yeah. like, a spray paint thing that you would spray on your bald head, and it would, like had, like, uh, little uh, flakes in it that made it look kind of like hair. I think probably he just sprays that shit on his head and it was, like, leaking all over the place. Uh, but I, but I mean, I a, a lot of people saying yeah. that it's possible he... The reason he was sweating so much and he didn't look very good is that he Let's does have has, COVID yeah, and he just hasn't COVID, yeah. told anybody. Yeah. Uh, but I am happy and I am not joking that we finally found out that uh, the reason why Trump w- uh, lost the election was because Venezuela had rigged every election 
<laughs> well, that's what this Dominion thing that I was talking about, the conspiracy yeah. theory, uh, <laughs> that Dominion, which I guess is like some company that <sighs> makes voting machines for certain, not all states in America, but certain states use this specific Dominion uh, software. And this lady came out this week saying that she believes that uh, Venezuela, uh, who... Venezuela created these machines to steal the election from Trump. Uh, With the help of Hugo... <laughs> Hugo Juarez. Hugo Chavez. Dead. Chavez, sorry. Uh, that has been dead for, yeah, some years? Uh, yeah, like probably seven or eight years. Uh, Hugo Chavez right. has been dead, and they, this woman, Sidney Powell... Uh, came out, out onto the, into the pre press conference, the same one that Rudy Giuliani was melting, and said that um, she, they had a whistleblower who was there when Hugo Chavez was uh, rigging these election machines. Um, but that would have, like we said, would have had to have been like seven years ago before Trump ever even <laughs> thought about running for office. Uh, but they... And... Hugo Chavez has been dead for years. He would have had to have like been a psychic and known the future that Trump was like gonna become uh, or was gonna run for president at some point. Mm -hmm. um, and then he died, and they went through with the Venezuelan plot to to get Trump out of office. Anyways, I don't know. It's very, it's uh, Russia Gate 2.0. It's Whale Gate, I guess we'll call it. Venice Gate. <laughs> Venice, Ven, Vengate, Vengate, there we go. Vengate, Vengate, yeah. Chevgate? Maybe Whalegate works. <laughs> oh, but yeah, you have to be pretty crazy to, to, to get the Trump campaign to say, hey, we don't know that woman. We have never, ever heard of that woman. We have no clue. How she thinks she's our lawyer because she's definitely not our lawyer. <laughs> Donald Trump's election campaign distanced itself Sunday from Sidney Powell, a lawyer who claimed without evidence at a news conference last week that voting systems had switched millions of ballots to Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. uh, the Trump campaign lawyer Rudy Giuliani said in a statement, Sidney Powell is practicing law on her own. She's not a member of the Trump legal team, uh, which yeah. is... Pretty funny because, like... She was there. Well, she was there with the Trump legal team. Uh, mm -hmm. And that would be like, okay, well, you you could say, oh, well, maybe she was just there helping them. She's not really on the team. Until you go back and look at Trump's tweet from a yep. while ago where he wrote, oh, I'm Wish. putting together a great legal team. And he listed her as one of the people in the legal team. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this, this is like, who the fuck needs soap opera when we have Trump? <laughs> like, there's absolutely no fucking reason for a soap opera when we have Trump. Like, if I if I put myself down and like was going to write a science fiction novel or something with this plot, people would like laugh me out of the. The, <laughs> the printing press and he's like now it happens with with the, the American president he's like this is such a sherry off the top of four years with the 
one of your worst presidents of all time. Holy moly, that man. It says Republicans have expressed concerns that Powell's claims were too outlandish and would distract from other legal arguments they were making, a person with the discussion <laughs> said. So, I, get, I mean, that makes sense to a degree. Like, she's yeah, saying because, all this I mean, crazy shit. That, like, I bet all these people in sure. in private are saying all the crazy shit she's saying. She just comes out and says it out loud, and they go, oh, well, this is going to mm-hmm. ruin our argument for all these other things. Even though none of their arguments have held up at all so far, so. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. But, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, it... I think I think maybe it's the same people that made software of this uh, voting fraud uh, system that made the software on uh, on uh, Hunter Biden's computer, maybe. Right. Uh, maybe they are the same people. Look. I think it's interesting that at least with this whole thing with the Venezuela thing. And I'm assuming a lot of these people, these Republicans, are talking about it in private. Like, I've heard some mm-hmm. Republicans, uh, YouTubers, talking about how this Dominion thing is the way they were stealing it. Um, it's just hilarious to see this four years after everything that happened with RussiaGate and yes. the Democrats acting like Russia stole the election from them, and Republicans laughing at it, being like, "Oh, you're so silly!" and what crazy conspiracy theorists you are for believing that Russia would steal the election. And then four years later, they turn around and say, Venezuela stole the election from us. Plus Hugo Chavez. It's just, I live in a country of, a country of hypocrites is what it is from. But yeah, uh, speaking of hypocrites, computer repairman who claimed he gave Hunter Biden data to Giuliani closes up shop. Okay. Ah! Uh, Ten days after the election, a sign on the repair shop door said it was closed. A neighbor said the owner had left town. A slew of new information has surfaced in the weeks since, including details about the laptop's journey from the repair shop to Giuliani's office. Yet the fears of fake news flooding the nation's consciousness and Giuliani's resistance to share the source material, it remains unclear whether the emails found on the hard drive are authentic or not. What do you think? (laughs) I think that if they were authentic, he would put them out so people could verify they were authentic, probably, right? I Uh, think so as well, yeah. One thing crazy that that lady, uh, Sidney Powell, has been saying is that there's some big bombshell evidence that they have that they're going to release, yeah. not to the public, but once they're, like, in a specific court case or something. Um, yeah. Maybe this is it. Maybe these documents are it. That's, that's what she's talking about, but I don't know. Uh, but weeks later, after the story's publication about this, the New York Post story, which we talked about when it happened, uh, mm-hmm. the computer repairman John Paul Mac Isaac. John Paul Mac Isaac? Wow, that's four first names in... Of a name. Okay. Uh, he sh- sh- shuttered his shop, and neighbors said he left town. His Annapolis-based attorneys uh, closed the shop after... Oh, said he closed the shop after receiving death threats. He dec- declined to disclose where his cl- client may have gone, or even if he had left uh, town. 
Okay. Which I guess kind of makes sense why he would close up shop. If um, I'm, I'm not surprised he's getting death threats. Uh, yeah, and I mean, would somebody be crazy enough to go back to the same repairman with a computer and say, "Hey, fix my computer <laughs> after what he had done"? Yeah, you're not going to feel like your privacy is very. Uh, Right. safe in this guy's hands when he clearly was a, was willing to go through somebody's computer after it had been right. left there for a while, right? Um, so, I think also closing up shop, because guess what? He probably didn't get any shop anymore. My guess is he probably shut down more because he was worried about a backlash. Like, if he was just there at work, somebody could just show up and, with a gun or something. That's what would be my concern. Sure. I mean, I... I agree. I, I'm guessing there are people in the world who don't know this story ever happened, and there are probably a bunch of them in Pennsylvania or wherever this is uh, that would not know that this store was the store that this happened at, you know what I mean? That would just be like, I need my computer fixed. I don't think that that would probably be an issue. So, uh, some COVID-19 uh, news look from the WHO. Tell me about this. World Health Organization tells doctors not to use remdesivir as a coronavirus treatment uh, splitting with the FDA. Uh, the World Health yeah. Organization doctors Thursday uh, advised against using Gilead's antiviral drug remdesivir as a treatment for patients hospitalized with COVID-19, saying there is no evidence that improves survival or shortens recovery time. Uh, standing in stark yeah, because... contrast to the U.S. Regu regulatory guidance. Yeah, because this was what Trump used, right? One of the things, because they, like, basically shot him up with a cocktail of all different drugs. Right. But this was the one that he was kind of um, touting as the thing that Saved his saved him or whatever, uh, mm -hmm. at the time or when he did like the balcony appearance right after he got out of the hospital and all that, he was talking about remdesivir. Right. But the thing that a lot of people found out is uh, he has stock options in the company who makes remdesivir. Wow! So he had a reason to kind of promote it as the thing that saved him because he would make money out of it. If that makes sense. True. Yeah. Uh, but this is interesting, especially because the FDA in America is saying that this is good, and the World Health Organization is saying it's not good. Yeah. Isn't that a little strange? Uh, the recommendation from the World Health Organization was published in the British medical journal, uh, the BMJ, on Friday in the UK. So it was also published by a reputable... Uh, medical magazine, right? Or med medical journal, startup. I should but, say. But but isn't it a little weird that the FDA and the WHO would go so far from each other? Well, the FDA in America is kind of um, it approves drugs because the drug companies want them to. Sometimes, let's just say that. <laughs> Uh-huh. Right. Hint, hint, a little under the table, get caught. 
money. Right. And that's my guess. Is it's probably something that's going on here. Let's go to Paris. Uh, police uh, there has been uh, very nice to immigrants uh, uh, last week. Or not, maybe? Not so much. Uh, France's interior minister order, ordered an internal police investigation uh, Thursday, or Tuesday after officers were filmed tossing migrants out of tents while evacu evacuating protest camps. Aid groups and government aid groups and the government were working to find temporary lodging for hundreds of migrants. Uh, the evacuation filmed by journalists and activists drew nationwide attention and tensions over a draft law beefing up police powers that easily passed a vote in France's lower house of parliament on Tuesday. This has to do with uh, the yellow vest movement and being able for the police to be able to do uh, more things to try to stop protests from. Uh, Interior Minister <coughs> Gerald Darmanin ordered the investigation into certain incidents, promised to make and promised to make the results public. Well, that's good, and uh, at least uh, Monday night evacuation, the police li lifted tents up off the ground with migrants still inside, shaking them and out and tumbling them onto the ground. Holy crap. Wow. And those who resisted were kicked or beaten with batons, according to the head of an aid group, Doctors Without Borders. Images shared online showed activists and local officials shouting and trying to block police from dislodging immigrants. Uh, one witness, who, one who witnessed the evacuation said several people sought treatment for injuries from her aid group. Okay. Wow. That sounds a little too overdramatic, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, picking up the tents and, like, dumping people out, that's yeah just ridiculous. That seems a little too... I mean, I mean, we can see a picture of these migrant camps. It's not like they're, like... <laughs> it's not like they're taking up a huge amount of space. It's, like, what, half a city block, maybe? Uh, yeah, maybe. And they're all little tiny tents, and they're, like, all really, really close together. Again, that's not good either for, like, the COVID spread also. Right. I mean, I if, you scroll, very if you scroll through yeah, these so. pictures, you see, like, the pictures of the people in their tents and the crowd surrounding them. And then, uh, what, pe picture number six out of the pictures up there on the top is the police, like, yeah. ste basically stealing these people's tents, like, which are their homes right now because they're migrants. And piling them up, probably burning them or throwing them away. So it's just sad. And uh, I think it's interesting because we were talking about Macron last week and how everybody was so happy to get Macron in there. And this is what's happening in France, you know, with a centrist. Yeah, everybody but us was very happy about Macron, at least. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we we'd never be. We were happier to have him than the the right the right-wing guy, but we wanted... True. We wanted the progressive left-wing guy to be in there. But I, I didn't... I, I didn't praise him and said that he was the savior of France. Like right, like a lot of people was, did. Yeah. yeah, totally. Uh, at the point. Uh, but yeah, no, it's... It, it's just sad. It's just, like, incredibly, incredibly sad. I think a lot of people at the time with when Macron got elected were taking it um, as like they saw Trump get in and they were like, 
getting him in there is kind of a... Getting Macron in there is like a blow to the alt-right or whatever against the right wing. So a lot of people were really happy about Macron, not because they believed in any of his policies or thought he was a good guy. It's that they saw it as a blow to the right. You know what I mean? Mm. If that makes sense. And so they didn't really take into consideration that maybe this guy wasn't all that great to begin with. He just wasn't the the right-leaning guy. So, Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I think she was a lady as well, the right-leaning lady. Was it? I don't even and remember. Then, yeah. Yeah, I think she her. Uh, uh, I I I remember finally in, in the back of my brain that she she uh, she was a lady. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, but what's... Macron looks like he could play water polo, so that's another reason a lot of people like. <laughs> Hey, do you think Macron is a Mormon? No, I don't think so. I don't think that either. Uh, but yeah, uh, let's go to Utah because they found the uh, golden plates there this week. Not so... golden plates, no. Really? Well, yeah. it sounds. Uh, oh, it is the uh, 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 the same monolith from two thousand and one on Space Odyssey. It's not quite that either, because that's was black, right? <laughs> this is like silver, metallic kind of looking, for sure. Yeah, yeah. What is this? Uh, deep in the landscape of Utah's Red Rock Desert, a mystery, mystery gleaming metal monolith in one of the most repo- remote parts of the state was found. A smooth, tall structure found during a helicopter survey of bighorn sheep in southeastern Utah. A crew from the Utah Department of Public Safety and Division of Wildlife Resources spotted the gleaming object from the air November 18th and landed to check it out uh, on a break from work. They found a three-sided stainless steel object, which is about as tall as two men put together, but they discovered no clues of who might have driven it into the ground among... The, the red rocks or why it was there. Uh, this thing is not from another world, Lieutenant Nick Street of Utah Highway Patrol said. Uh, still, it is not clear that it took. Sure. Still, it was clear that it took some planning and work to construct the twelve-foot monolith and embed it into the rock. The exact location is so remote that officials are not revealing it publicly, worried that people might get lost or stranded trying to find it. Or. That sh- it is not man-made. Ooh. They could be lying. Right, they don't want people to go see it because it'll, like, suck them into another dimension or something? <laughs> dimension, yeah. <laughs> was what I was thinking. The Bureau of Land Management for Utah is investigating how long it might have been there and who might have created or whether and whether to remove it. Okay. It definitely looks mm. like 2001 A Space Odyssey. I feel like... Yeah. Uh, I feel like somebody must have just put it there as like a art installation kind of thing. Or maybe... Oh, oh, yeah. Here's another crazy idea. Outdoor rave. <laughs> right? Some kids were like... We're going to do an outdoor rave, and we're going to bring this crazy sculpture out there, and then realize, hey, we have no way of getting this back, right? 
<laughs> and just let it be there. Right, it's out in the remote desert of Utah where, like, it would be a perfect place. No cops are going to come out and, you know, get you in trouble for having loud music or anything like that. So it kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, sure. Sure, sure. Other than that, it's... I, I just think it's weird. Why... Why? Why is it Utah? I don't want it to to be Utah. Why couldn't it be found in Florida? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, any state? I think any state with a desert probably, or like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Wouldn't it be interesting if in the next like few weeks there we find another one in like another place, and then another one in mm-hmm. another place? That would be amazing. Uh, what was that movie called again where they found the same thing over and over again in different uh, uh, parts of the world and everybody was so amazed. I'll think about it. Okay. It was very good. Uh, But uh, yeah, Um, hey look, Uh, if you were a moose, why would you lick a car? I don't know anything about m- moose, so I-, I can't tell you. Okay, because it certainly is a problem in Canada for some strange reason. I mean, moose are like one of the most terrifying things in Canada, Alaska, as I'm to understand. They're like fairly aggressive. They're fairly aggressive, yeah, apparently. Especially if they're like a female and they have a ch- like a child nearby. They can be very okay. aggressive, right. Um, but officials in Can- Canada town are posting signs with a very important instruction for local drivers. Do not let moose lick your car. Uh, the signs yeah. posted in Jasper, Alberta, ask drivers to keep their vehicles safe, a safe dif- distance from moose to make sure that animals don't get a taste of the road salt that ends up covering the sides of cars driving through the Alpine town. I really, really don't understand this. Uh, you know, horses and uh, an- different animals like salt licks and things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I really don't understand why, 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 why would uh, uh, I almost called call it a giraffe? Uh, why would a moose like even be interested in licking the car? The salt. Who said that? Yeah, but wouldn't it be extremely inconvenient if it was somebody who was inside of the car driving, like attacking the car just to get salt? I don't know if they're saying it's when they're driving. I assume it's like uh, when they're stopped driving. Like when they're parked. in front of a red red light, the moose is waiting for a red light to come on, so it can come and lick the car. I guess so, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know those bums that are always in in films and TV shows that are like cleaning cleaning your uh, <laughs> your window for a dollar. The moose is standing by the lights and like waiting. Hey, hey, there's coming a car. It's going to be a red light. Come on, let's go and li- lick it. Yeah, I mean, it says that uh, <laughs> if a moose 
licks uh, starts licking vehicles. It can cause the animals to mm-hmm. lose the fear of the cars, which could lead to dangerous incidents on the road. So if the if they lick a bunch of cars that are parked, <laughs> then when they see a car driving, they're not as afraid of it. And it says if moose and car moose and car are not good mix are not a good mix. If you hit a moose with your car, all you're going to do is take out its legs from under it, and it's going to go through your windshield. Because they're really tall. So, like, your car is just going to, like, take them out at the knees. I'm sure this is very convenient and very dangerous. It's just, like, I don't... I don't... I can't take it completely 110% serious. (laughs) Sorry, maybe it's 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 a Canadian thing. Like we have a lot of uh, mooses here in Norway as well. I have never ever heard of this being a problem in Norway. Sure. Okay. Hey, uh, we talked about Randy Quaid and how cuckoo crazy this man has become. I think we talked about before and watched a bunch of his videos when we did Star Whacker Conspiracy because he believed yeah. that uh, people were after him trying to kill him. And they remember they like he like squatted in his own house after the the like studio uh, <coughs> movie studio took it from him or something. Do you remember this? Right. Yep. And then he was arrested and then he fled to Canada to, to flee from extra or flee from prosecution and then they extradited him from Canada to charge him in California uh, and he's been posting crazy videos ever since I went to his YouTube page this week just to see if it was still as crazy as it was when we talked about it what two years ago maybe and and he's still posting every week like at least once a week <laughs> if not more like two or three wow. minute videos and they all look like the video we're gonna watch here but uh, Donald Trump retweeted a series of videos from Randy Quaid on Twitter on Tuesday. Uh, this was right after President-elect Joe Biden uh, started preparing to take office by setting his transition, setting up his transition team. Uh, Quaid's first video that Trump retweeted was originally posted more than a year ago in October of 2019, in which the actor speaks directly to the camera, blasting the silence of conservative voices the pharmaceutical and technological industries, and talks about the downfall of America uh, and George George Soros from, okay? Then Trump quoted... Oh, then Trump quote-tweeted three of Quaid's tweets from last week, all which were labeled by Twitter as uh, disputed uh, election fraud, including saying that the president would clean up the stench of the 2020 election hoax. All right. And then finally, Mm -hmm. Trump tweeted a video of Quaid speaking tight, close up to the camera while lights flash around him, uh, saying Fox News ratings have completely collapsed. So that's the video. Fox. That's the video we're going to watch. It's really loud all of a sudden. Yeah, and it looks like it's uh, on a raid. I have seen this video, but let's see it in three. Two, one, play. Fox News daytime ratings have completely <laughs> collapsed. <laughs> Weekend daytime, even worse. Very sad to watch this happen. 
But they forgot the win. It looks Stop. like he's he's a villain from some horror movie. It's just some like cheap what made them successful? cycling light that goes green, red, blue, mm-hmm. green, red, blue. And it's like up under his chin, like if you had a flashlight for like a scary story around the, the campfire. The difference between the 2016 yeah. election and 2020. <laughs> Fox News. Oh, Randy oh. Quaid. Yeah, that's uh, Randy Quaid, last nominated for an Oscar in 1973, it says here. <laughs> wonder, wonder why he hasn't uh, gotten any more roles. Like, so weird. I'm sure there's, there is this conspiracy against him. Well, right. He, uh, he fled to Canada and then was deported in 2015, like I just said. I, this whole thing with Randy Quaid, we covered the conspiracy behind it, and a lot of it is connected back because they're talking about Starwacker and like the Hollywood elites and all this. It connects mm-hmm. back to like the Hollywood elite pedophile, I, like conspiracy and all that other stuff, right? Right. And Randy Quaid talks a lot about that stuff. So a lot of the people that follow Trump who believe in like the uh, QAnon stuff where like all Hollywood celebrities are child raping pedophiles who bathe Mm. in the blood of the innocent. You know what I mean? They Mm. all believe Randy Quaid and they think that he's saying, you know, that what he's saying is real and true. And when Donald Trump then posts it, it makes it, it puts Donald Trump on their, their side and it shows them, Oh, Donald Trump's with us. If that makes sense. Right. Randy Quaid's for 2024. Uh, no, 2026. With it. 2024. You were right the first time. 2024. Yeah, I was right the first time. I, I don't do math. Hey. <laughs> uh, Tron likes to, to talk about important topics. He's going to do this uh, this week as well. And he's going to tell the truth about money to the people. This is Tron Bertrand tells the truth. Well, I am one of those many who've been working a lot, taking every mission and every opportunity I get to get some money for the last few weeks because the economy is rather bad now because of the corona restrictions. Yeah, they're right, I know. But when you work as in nightclubs, bars, and with concerts and arrangements and so on, it's not a very good time to earn money. I've been lucky. I had a hospital not, not nearby where I live that I can work some some shifts. And I get some acting jobs too, so I can earn a little bit of money. Not much, but I keep my head above water. But a lot of those corona packages I've been speaking about, not only in the US, but also in Norway, it's tax cut again to the richest people. You know, those people on the top. Most people who work in nightclubs and bars and so on, they are small businesses. But in Norway, the debate is, how can we pay out the airport industry? Yeah. Well, in some cases, it's right. But a lot of people try to make this up their scam. Organizations or companies who's not run very well in the first place were nearly bankrupt. Now try to get money because they think they can create more jobs. Well, that's why they try to imaginary those politicians yeah 
both to the left and both to the right, a little bit like that now. So what's my take on it? Well, give money to the people. Yeah, economical basic income, higher wages. They look like, but Tron, do you want to close businesses down? No, I don't. But if you cannot run a business without having slave work pay, then you should not run a business. That means you're not very good at it. I've been talking about this before. If you have to run a business by poisoning air, poisoning water, and make everybody's lives miserable, you shouldn't be running a business in the first place. It's not your fucking God-given right. To do that, you have rules and regulations for everything else, but not when it comes to people want to make money and being businessmen. Then suddenly everything is illegal. That's very fucking strange. And who's making the money during this crisis? Well, we're talking about a lot of big companies and so on making money. But it's the people who work there for low wages who's making the money. Yeah, they are making the money. A lot of the, uh, the elite always try to tell us, like, they are what gives us the money. Like, the reason why we give people work is just, like, so they can have something to do, to, we can share a little bit about money, they can deserve it. But the, the workers are those who make the money. Amazon could never, Chief, could never be that rich. Hadn't we had a lot of people with very low income working his ass, their asses off and making him a lot of money. We are going back in time now, not forward. When people were talking about make America great again, it was about the times in the 50s. Yeah, and what they refer to is like slavery and <laughs> harassing black and women and gay people and so on but the word pink was better at that time oh, I want to go back to strong unions high wages high taxes on the rich yeah high taxes on the rich you run a society but everybody paying the fair share well during this crisis it's not the big billionaires and trillionaires who's fucking saving us. It's an ordinary people. The billionaires are sitting there waiting, trying to get money from the state to stay even richer than they deserve to be. And let everyone else pay with hard labor and death. This was Tron with Tron Tells the Truth. Thank you, Tron, for telling the truth another time, again, and again, and again, and again, and again. We are, uh, have an email address, it's another digital citizen at gmail.com. That's another digital citizen at gmail.com. We are at Twitter, at Podcast ADC. That's at Podcast ADC. We have a Facebook group. It's another digital citizen on Facebook. Uh, it's another digital citizen on Facebook. Hey, if you see this uh, podcast and you want us to talk about something, you can post it underneath the show that you're listening to, and we'll bring it up next time. Anything? Uh, nothing that I saw this week. Um, yeah, no. Uh, but I do have a soda to review. Let's do a soda review. We haven't done that in a while. We haven't done that in ages. 
what soda we're reviewing? So, Sprite Cranberry's back, but this is spiced, okay. winter spiced cranberry, which I think was last year we didn't do Sprite? It was cranberry. Yes, we did uh, We did Sprite Cranberry, and I very much remember that you don't li- like it. I think and, we uh, did it in 2018, though. Last year, I don't think we did, uh, or you did soda, but I don't think I did the soda, because it says here, uh, it was released in 2019. In two th- okay, yes. Right, okay. So 2013, it was... Cranberry 2018, it got reformulated and branded to winter spiced cranberry. So, I guess this is similar to the one I had either last year or the year before. Uh, yeah, all right. So, this is this year's winter spiced cranberry sprite. Let's see, does not sound very inviting to be honest. Yeah, the spiced part is, like, cranberry Sprite sounds like it could be okay, but the spiced makes it yeah. sound like, I don't know, like it's got pumpkin spice kind of thing or something? Yeah. Okay, it smells like a bear, like a berry. Like a fake berry smell. Right. It doesn't really smell... Fake berry. Yeah, you know how, like, uh, <laughs> like Pop-Tart berry flavor smells, maybe, or something? Yeah. Okay, I'm drinking mm. it. I don't really like Sprite. I'll remind you that. Ew. No. Ooh, this one's... Ew? This is... There's something really wrong with this. <laughs> okay. Now I'm, like, I'm very excited because the first thing you said was a you. Um, it doesn't taste like Sprite, which is kind of better okay. for me than Sprite, but it tastes like soda water with, like, a... Soda water with a little bit of like a cranberry taste, like at the beginning. That's m- like okay. a sweet, sweeter cranberry than like a, you know how cranberries are like tart. This is like a sweet right. cranberry flavor, and then it has like that cranberry aftertaste. That's kind of gross, which that's why I went ew. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not very sweet. It's like not soda like. It tastes like soda water. With, like, a berry really? flavor. It's very not sweet. Mmm. Huh. I don't know if this is, like, yeah, but... what is going on here? Let me look at the sugar content really quick. Go ahead. Yeah, no, because Coca-Cola, a company that makes Sprite, isn't very known for having drinks that doesn't taste very sugary. Uh, right, and Sprite is a Coca-Cola company. Right. Um, right. Or a part of it. It says total sugar, 54 grams. There's a ton of sugar in here, and it somehow doesn't taste sweet. Yeah. I don't know why. Huh. Which? Like, there's an initial sweetness of, like, the cranberry flavor that I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. And then it just tastes like soda water. Yeah, I don't huh. like that. I'm going to give that a three. That's gross. I'm not even going to continue <laughs> drinking this. I'm just going to put this over here. I'm just going to set uh, that over there. Okay, goodbye. How, how, how many did you buy? I just got a 20 ounce, so, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> hey, um, I know it's not the Jeremy round, and uh, but let's talk about some YouTube drama that has been. And uh, also this TikTok star, Charlie D'Amalio. 
That's what I'm going to call her. Okay. Uh, because she was the first to hit uh, 100 million followers on TikTok. In one year, she did that. Uh, it took yeah. PewDiePie on YouTube years and years and years to get to 100 million subscribers. Uh, so that just shows you how popular TikTok really is, Fro, when you think about it. If she can get yeah. 100 million a year and it took PewDiePie, what, like 10 years, or I guess? No, it would have been eight years, right? Yes, something like that, yeah. A long time, at least. A lot longer than a year, let's just put it that way. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> and it just shows how big TikTok is around the world, as opposed to mm -hmm. YouTube, which is big like in certain places, I guess, but maybe not all over the world it isn't as big as TikTok is. That's what it says to me, I don't know. But she's 16 years old and has become the first TikTok user to get 100 million subscribers. She's like the basically one of the most popular people on the internet right now. Yeah, and uh, if you uh, listen to the latest episode of Frenemies uh, uh, of HGH and Trisha, uh, they talk about the feud about uh, <laughs> between <laughs> this girl and Trisha. Which is ridiculous, because she's a 16-year-old girl. Yep. And Trisha is like, what, 30 or something? Something like that. Hey, uh, Tiger King uh, news update. That is a fucking long time ago since we have had a Tiger King update. Uh, Jeff Lowe, uh, I don't know if people remember him. He was the guy that took over uh, Joe Exotic when... Joe Exotic uh, wanted to escape there, more or less. Guess what? He's accused of inhumane animal treatment. What a fucking shock. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, he has uh, been that... Uh, it became uh, several unique people, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the U.S. Uh, Justice Department filed the civil complaint against Love in the Federal District Court of uh, Muskegee, Oklahoma. The official uh, complaint obtained by ET Canada accuses him of opening an unlicensed park called Tiger King Park after closing down the wildlife park that brought him Joe Exotic, now titled The Great uh, Wyoming Exotic Animal Park. The complaint also excuses him of recording inhumane treatment and proper handling and of endangered animal species of animal. So, yeah. He's an asshole. What a surprise, Luke. Not really, no. Uh, but it looks like <laughs> PETA was just, like breathing down his neck ever since they found out about him. Uh, so it was just a matter of time before they found something to get him on, I guess. Uh, over in the UK, Jeremy Kyle may may have caused may have caused or contributed to the death of a TV guest, which we talked about. Yeah, we have a number of years ago. Yeah, this is a long, long fucking time ago. Why is this all of a sudden coming up now? Uh, it says here, uh, presenter Jeremy Kyle may have caused or contributed to the death of a guest suspected of killing himself after failing a lie detector test on a show a pre-inquest review has heard. Uh, 
the coroner uh, who uh, testified, I guess, uh, Jason Pegg, said that he made Kyle an interested person for the inquest, saying the presenter was someone who may have caused or contributed to the death of Steve Dimond. He added he it might seem ludicrous to have Mr. Kyle to give evidence to take to give his take on the situation. The barrister for the family told the hearing in Winchester that the that Demond had become distressed after he failed the lie detector test. She said he went on the show to prove his fidelity. I pushed him uh, and pushed, but it all went wrong. Gallagher said after the result was announced during the filming, the audience booed and jeered. Uh, right, so the barrister said this, his state of mind was known by the crew on the show with a message sent on a WhatsApp saying, just so you know, he's crying. He has just said his wishes. he wishes he was dead, just giving you a heads up was sent mm -hmm. to, to the crew. So they were notified of this. Uh, she also said Kyle was given brief notes about uh, his situation and had made references during the show to him stopping his medication. Yeah. That uh, is uh, not good. We talked about it when, when this was news, and I said that, of course, it was one of his fault. And I, I like that. This is now coming up again, and it proves once and for all that Jeremy Kyle had a very big uh, role. And guess what? Jeremy Kyle hasn't been on TV since. So, well, the reason we covered it initially is because the show was canceled by ITV permanently yeah. after the incident uh, in 2019, I think it was. Um, and it's. To me, it seems like maybe it's more the show's fault. Like, it, maybe the producers could be in trouble more than Jeremy right, Kyle. The show was called Jeremy Kyle. Right, but Jeremy Kyle just shows up and is the host. I think the people who set up, right. like, sure, the sure. guests and, like, uh, who put gave Jeremy Kyle a script of the questions he was supposed to ask this guy, those people are maybe oh, yeah, a no. little, just as, if not more... Uh, a reason that this happened than maybe Jeremy Kyle is. I don't know if he can get it like in legal trouble, like go to jail for this. But I think if this was passed, the family could sue him for damages. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. That is what will be interesting. Uh, hey, uh, the Queen's Gambit is super popular. Uh, I don't blame them at all. It was a good show. Yeah, it was good. I don't know if it was, like, uh, Stranger Things level good to me, but a lot of people seem to really like it. I'm hearing a lot of people people like talk it. about it in the last week, even yeah. though it came out, what, three weeks ago? And then this week, everybody just kind of found out it was there, I think? Mm-hmm. And why are we talking about it? Like you said, uh, Netflix says it set records. Yeah. Viewership records, even. Whatever that means, because, like, Netflix keeps all their stuff pretty... Their numbers pretty tight. Uh, but it says right. the number is 62 million households in the first 28 days of releasing. Okay. Ooh. ooh. Whatever that means. Right, because could, <laughs> that could mean, like, one... Uh, uh, like, 
60 million of those could be people who just accidentally hit the button and went in for like 30 <laughs> seconds and then came back out. All of a sudden, like, whoopsie. TV, TV, pew, pew, pew. Uh, let's talk about some things I've seen on TV. Let's start with uh, the season finale and uh, ultimate finale and super duper finale of Supernatural. I haven't seen Supernatural season, season three or something like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, so this was episode 20 of season 15. I I really don't understand that show. I, I have tried many, many times to get into it. But yeah, no, I watched the last episode just so I had seen the last episode of Supernatural. Uh, it was a good ending, I guess. <laughs> Okay, uh, for like, yeah. like, did it wrap everything up or? Yeah. Okay. It did. Well, yeah. that's good. Uh, I watched the vow or most of the vow. I didn't actually finish it, which is probably not great because that's what we're, a lot we're what we're going to talk about. But in the main topic, mm-hmm. but I watched most of it. Uh, a lot of it's just interviews with people from the Nexium cult. Um, that's the interesting stuff from it is really the interviews with the women, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, some of the other stuff I had already either read in news articles or, like, just kind of get, gained the knowledge from YouTube videos or other things like that. But the real interesting stuff is the descriptions of how, how the, the people who were actually there describing how it was. Um, I've, what did I watch, like, seven episodes? And I just didn't have time to watch the last two episodes yet. I'll get around to it, though. Yeah, it's a good show. I mean, it's decent. It's just, you know, it is a pretty standard documentary, though. Let's talk about Animaniacs. Oh, right. I gotta give it a number. Did you give your your other show a number? I'm gonna give uh, The Vow a 7. I think it's probably around a 7. Now I can do the song again. Let's talk about Animaniacs because it's definitely back. It's on Hulu, and I don't really understand that, because that's that WB. That's weird. Yeah, why is it in, on Hulu and not on HBO Max? Whatever. Uh, Animaniacs. I thought this was okay. I, I didn't think it was as good as the original Animaniacs, but then again, I'm 40 now, and... <laughs> 41 now, and last time this was on the air, I was 20-something, so... Uh, uh, I was younger than that when it was on the air. You had to have been younger than that last time it was on the air. Isn't it 20 years ago it was on the air now? Uh, Let's see. It had to have been 90-something, is my guess, is when it went off the air. So yeah, 20 years, I suppose. Yeah. And I'm 41 now. That oh. makes me 21 when I saw it. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I was probably like 15 or something. So yeah, I guess that's about right. Um, yeah. What I'm seeing is Time Warner owns Warner Brothers. So yeah, that doesn't right. make any sense as to why it no. would be on, on Hulu. Hulu, which is owned by Disney. Yeah. Yes. Which owns like a f- Fox and stuff. 
right. which I guess Animaniacs was originally on Fox back in the day, right? Am I wrong? I think you were wrong about that. I have a strange feeling you are. But anyway, it doesn't really matter. It's back. Uh, yeah, it's not as good as uh, uh, the original. I like Pink in the Brain better than I do the main show, but I have always done that. Uh, I I missed some of the like old timey humor uh, things. Uh, I think you liked it better than me. Uh, to be honest, I give it a six. I thought the nostalgia was there. I thought the the animation was. Similar, but just updated for, you know, 2020. Uh, I like a lot of the jokes in there. I thought the characters that they did bring back uh, kept their uh, their same... Uh, what's a good word for it? Characteristics of the character. They didn't sure. bring back a bunch of characters that I really liked from the original show. Uh, but what are you going to do, I guess? Maybe they right. didn't have a voice actor or whatever else they... It's 2020, there are certain things you can't get away with that you could have gotten away with in 1998, or whatever, whenever they went off the air. Oh, they, okay, I got it here. They ran through 95, so it was 25 years ago. Oh, so I'm a, 20 years. So I was like 13, I guess, or 12. I would have right. been 12 when it went off the air. Uh, it says it did run on fa the Fox Kids programming box of the Fox Network, uh, uh, so that's why it's on Hulu, because it originally ran on Fox, I guess? Yeah, maybe. Even though it was produced by WB? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I liked it. Uh, ending news in this week? Uh, yeah, what, what did I see? Um, let's see, we talked about the vow. Uh, the pack from... The pack. The pack okay. on, uh, let's see, this is on Amazon, Amazon Prime. It's a okay. reality show. Uh, you've seen Amazing Race, right? I have seen Amazing Race. So if anybody hasn't seen Amazing Race, a couple or like uh, two partners, the, they team up and they have to go around the world from place to place, gathering clues to get to the next place. And there's a race between all these different teams. Well, imagine that except for instead of it being two people, it's a person... And a dog. Hence the name oh. of the pack. <laughs> oh. And they've it trained these dogs... So different. They've trained these dogs with specific skills, so every one of these dogs is like a sniff, sniffing dog, and it also can tra track things. And So all, they've taken these dogs with their owners and trained them for, like, months before the show so that these have. dogs have special skills. The first mm -hmm. episode, at least... Uh, the first few episodes, because I was two episodes and you're out of this, by the way, but they do it kind of like Survivor, where there's the teams where it's the person and their dog, but they split them up into two packs. So it's the blue pack and the green pack, right? Uh, and I'm guessing towards the end of the show, as they eliminate uh, teams of dog and human, then it's going to go down to individual competition, just like Survivor does, you know what I mean? Um, but it's more amazing race because they have to kind of go from place to place and get clues and do challenges. Uh, and the the teams are racing. So it's very much amazing race with dogs. Overall, I'm going to give it a 4.5. Oh, right. It's hosted by Lindsey Vaughn, Olympic skier, I believe. 
Hey, look, you remember Brendan Fraser, right? I do. He's in the new t- television show. He looks like someone has given him a beast thing all around his face. Okay. I don't remember him being this pasty fat guy before. Well, he's but, older now. He's not George of the Jungle anymore. I know. I'm just saying. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, this is a terrible, terrible, terrible tele- television program that I saw an episode of. Uh, it's a mix between everything from the 90s uh, uh, action program you ever saw from the 90s and a mix of that and all other shows from the 90s world with explosion and adventures and things like that. It reminded me, like, like not only is Brendan Fraser one of the main guys, but okay. it's like, it feels very 1990s. Uh, I am going to be very, very nice and give it a two and a half. Did you say the name of the show? <laughs> The professionals. Okay, I don't think you ever said the name of the show. So okay. Okay. <laughs> you just said you just said Brendan Fraser, and I was like, I, I don't know if you said the name of the show. The professionals. Yeah. You know what it's on. Or professional. Uh, have no fucking clue. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else did I see? The last thing I saw, I guess, Black Narcissus. Narcissus. Not narcissist. Yes. Narcissus. No. Did you see all three episodes? There were three episodes? Oh, I didn't... I just thought yeah. there was one episode out. I didn't even get... I, just, I watched the first episode and then was like, okay, last night, and I didn't even think that there was another episode. Okay, I... Oh, no, there there is three, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was like one episode per week, so I just kind of stopped watching after that. Uh, but, yeah, no, I just saw the first uh-huh. episode. I mean, it's about uh-huh. some nuns who nuns. come to India... And they set up shop to, you know, do their nun thing of uh, uh, proselytizing, right, Uh, Mm -hmm. to the people of India. They set up in this old castle that used to be, um, well, it used to be a palace, but now it's abandoned because I'm assuming it's haunted from what I've seen from the show. I'm not going to say anything, but yeah. But I mean, after okay. after episode one, you're pretty sure, okay, there's definitely some haunting going on. The one negative of the show, incredibly slow and a lot of just boring dialogue that doesn't seem to be necessary to me. Really? There's okay. some dialogue scenes in this where it's like, okay, you're still talking. It's like 10 minutes later and they're still standing in the same spot talking. I don't know. Just a little bit slow for me. Maybe as I'm... Maybe this week I was drinking a lot of caffeine that might have had something to do with it. What did you give it? Uh, well, episode one, because I haven't seen the other ones. Uh, it, I'm going to give it a... I give it a 6.5 so far. Uh, okay. I thought it was very well acted in the, this special effects, especially that first opening scene where you see what happens to the pr- <laughs> princess. is very cool special effects. Um, Love that. But like I said, yeah. kind of slow, very wordy, uh, and a little bit, I don't know, 
uppity BBC feeling. Oh yeah, by the way, this is from BBC and FX, apparently. They work together on the show. Right. So, there is only three episodes of this, so it's a mini-series. Oh, okay. Uh... I I really like this. I I am not going to say that it's the best thing I ever seen. I think the I think the nuns are very and I like the switching between the timelines between like uh, what happened uh, before and in what's the what happened now. in the building before and what's and, happening in the building now, right? Right. right. Yes. I like that time switch thing that they do a lot during the show. Uh, I think what caught my interest was kind of like what you said. Is this like a horror show? Is it a supernatural show? Is it like convenience that this has happening? How it's happening? It's very, very interesting. I very much liked it. I liked it up to a seven uh, and a half. See, in the first episode, I think I already figured out what's yeah. the ha the haunting, and I put that in air quotes, is probably, um, and the reason for it, just based off of, like, some of the other characters that are around, uh, I have a kind of an idea what it might be, but I'm probably wrong. I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody, so. <laughs> the last thing I saw, Luke, this week, was Porn Stars Season 18. Episode one. Uh, I haven't seen porn stars in God knows how long. Didn't one guy die? Yeah, the old man died. Right. Yeah. And I—that's kind of why I, would, I wanted to see. Like, does it hold up? And guess what? It doesn't hold up. It was good back then. Okay. Um, well, when did when... season eighteen come out? <clears throat> Excuse me. Was that like? Mm. A long time ago, or is it like a couple of years ago? I don't even remember. No, this week. Oh, okay. It's a new season. A, all right, okay. Yes. New season, all new season, 2020, season 18, episode 1. New season, everything is new. Uh, but yeah, uh, one of them has one of the biggest uh, Pippin, uh, the basket player uh, collection. Uh, that was kind of cool. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's less drama between those guys. It's less storyline. And I, I, to be honest, I followed that show because I liked the people there. And now it's only like, oh, Antique coming in, getting price. Oh, we're going to talk to the expert. And the expert comes in and gives the price. It's no like storyline. So they're taking away, away all the interesting elements that was Pawn Stars and made it a more like, more or less a boring antique show. Okay. Uh, yeah. But it's so it's just called the same thing, and they yeah. just changed the whole format of the show because the guy died. Is that what happened? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So I'm going to give it a four. All right. But yeah, let's talk about the thing that you watched all this week uh, with me. Uh, Moonbase 8, episode 3. That's right, episode 3, uh, called Quarantine. Cap and Skip 
each have vastly different quarantine experiences while sick. Rook is left feeling alone with the new female uh, member of the team and must decide what to do about the feelings he has for her. <laughs> so funny. I like this episode. Right, so the uh, cap, uh, the captain, gets, what, a, just a regular cold? This is a regular sneeze or whatever. Do you know what? Do you know what? I was thinking this could be Corona. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be surprised if they wrote the premise based on the idea of quarantining for coronavirus. Yeah, but I mean, they don't right. say. But they don't say anything about that really. But it like, right. it's just like protocol. If you're on the moon, that if somebody's sick, they're gonna quarantine themselves, I guess. And so that's mm. what this. Why it's named that. The first guy gets sick, and they quarantine him, right? But then the other guy goes in there with his spacesuit on, and then just takes the helmet off, right helmet when he gets off. inside. And of yep. course he gets sick. And when he's taking the test, the mouth swap, to see how sick he is, he shows it on himself after it's been in the captain's mouth. Right, so then they all get, they all get sick. Except everybody except for uh, the new female officer who replaced the dead football player um, mm -hmm. from the first episode, who died in the first episode, I guess. Uh, and she is very, what, by the book or whatever. Uh, we don't, right. This is the only episode we're going to see her because she just is there and then gone because she leaves at the end of this episode. But the funniest yeah, part was... Guess what? She made the training... That they were there for in three weeks, and they have been there for six months. Like she made the training that they were supposed to do. Right, she's go <laughs> she's going to the moon, which they've been trying to get to for months and months, and she just came there. And I think it was three days. They were like, she's she's going. Yeah. And then one of them gets like a f fever delusions and starts hallucinating in his quarantine bunker, um, and that's pretty funny. Overall, I'd probably give this a 7, this episode? I give it a 7.5. I really like this. Very funny. Let's talk about the main topic then for Nexium. 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 How do you say it? Yes. Spelled N-X-I-V-M, but it's like Roman Roman num or letters, right? So the right. V is a U, right? Uh, yeah, this is a, an interesting little cult. Uh, let's talk about that. What are Nexium look? Uh, based out of Clifton Park, New York, a suburb of Albany, which was offered person, it, it offered personal and professional development seminars through its ex executive success program, a large group awareness training, the company has been wi widely described as a cult and is alleged to have been recruiting a recruiting platform for a secret society uh, called DOS or DOS, in which women mm. were branded and forced into sex slavery. Uh, in 2018, the founder, Keith Rainier, and his associate, Allison Mack, were arrested uh, for federal charges of sex trafficking. Other associates were also charged with federal crimes, and we'll go into the rest of this, I guess, in a minute. Alison Mack, you say? Hmm. Where could I have heard that name before, Luke? Right. Uh, she's from, what, Superman or the 
What is the Smallville. Name? Smallville, there you go. Yes. Which I never watched, and I don't actually... I barely know who Allison Mack is. I know more of who Allison Mack is from Nexium than I do from Smallville. <laughs> okay, I know her uh, enormously from Smallville, because Smallville is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Sure. Love that show. For 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 some seasons, the last seasons were terrible. But uh, but uh, yeah, very very good and uh, yeah, um, this is a weird little thing uh, that I have heard of for a very very long time. Uh, well, I mean, how long have you heard about it? When was the first time you know that you like actually heard about Nexium? Because I probably hadn't heard about it until what uh 2016 or something t- whenever they like actually arrested people that was the first right. time i had ever heard of it did you hear about it before heard, that yeah i think i heard about 2015 14 somewhere okay like towards the end of it it's run yes yeah okay at at the end because there were very many rumors uh on on the billboard uh, thing about uh, uh, another girl, uh, 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 Alison Cruz, is that her name? No, I don't remember her name. Uh, the girl that actually plays the girlfriend of Superman. Oh, okay. Uh, that she was involved with this as well. Uh, yeah. And, uh, uh, but yeah, maybe we should talk a little about founding this and how they started this and things like that. Right, the uh, creator, of course, being uh, this Rain's Keith uh, Keith Rainier. Right, that's his name. Mm -hmm. Uh, Originally, he founded Consumer Byline, a business venture that the New York AG accused of being a pyramid scheme later. Rainier signed a consent order in 96, which he denied any wrongdoing, but then agreed to pay a $40,000 fine and be permanently permanently banned from promoting, offering, or granting participation in a distribution scheme. Okay? Yeah. So this all started uh, more or less like a health thing. Uh, well, no. This, what I'm talking about right here is just a pyramid scheme that this uh, guy originally... This was in 96 is when he signed the court order. So sometime before right. 96, he created this... Consumer buy, byline as a pyramid scheme to, to, you know, steal people's money. That's how a pyramid scheme works. Uh, right. The person at the top and ends up with all the money. So, right away, before there was any Nexium, this guy was a con artist, right? Let's start right. with that. Right away, before any Nexium or any sex slaves, the guy was already a con artist. You, he definitely did. Uh, shall I talk a little about uh, uh, the founding then? Yeah, right, exactly. In uh, 1998, Rainier and Nancy Salosi founded Nexium, a personal development uh, company offering executive success programs and a range of techniques of self-improvement. Rainier uh, claimed that the program's main emphasis uh, is to have people experience more joy in their life. During an exam uh, seminar, students were uh, expanded to call uh, Rainier and Salesman, Vanguard and uh, 
prefect recently. The Hollywood Reporter wrote that Rendere adopted the title Vanguard from his favorite arcade game in which destruction of one of the enemies increases his own power. Within the organization, the reasoning of titles was that Rendere was the leader of the philosophical movement and Salzman was his first student. By 2003, uh, 3,700 people had taken part of ESP classes, reported including businesswoman Shiloh Johnson, former uh, general uh, uh, surgeon, uh, Antonio Novella, Entron, uh, executive uh, Stephen Cooper, and Andrea Christina Fox, daughter of former Mexican President Vincent Fox. Other uh, preparant were Emperor Richard Branson, hmm. uh, Edgar <laughs> Brofman Sr., and actors Linda Evans, uh, Grace Park, and Nikki Klein. In early 2000, uh, Seagram hairdressers Claire and Sarah Brofman, daughter of Edgar Brofman, become attached with the organization. Right, Seagram's meaning like the, what, the alcoholic beverage company, I guess we right. should say. Uh, I think they yes. do a du- couple of different kinds it, of alcohol. But that's those are like super Canadian, rich people. Right? What, yeah. Seagram's? I, I think so, probably. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I actually have no idea what... Uh, but yeah, so these are really rich people who are getting attached to this, and it all is like supposed to be some kind of like it. Well, what they call it is executive success programs, and like right. it says Richard Branson, but it says he's denied taking these classes. But uh, yeah, that doesn't mean he didn't. Um, right. I think executive so, success programs. It makes it sound like something like a self help kind of thing for. Yeah. B- a business self-help program, like you would get books on tape for like, if you, if you got books on tape in the eighties, it would be called executive success program, right. right? And it would have 16 different cassette tapes. That's what it sounds can like some, to me. Yes. Can somebody uh, scream Scientology to me? Because this, <laughs> this also reminds me very, very much of Scientology. <laughs> Well, there's certain parts of it that definitely are, are like that. Uh, but, like, the initial look at it, as far as, like... Because I think uh, what's interesting about this is there were people who went into it, at least according to the the documentary, uh, mm-hmm. who didn't ever really go that high up in the ranks, I guess? You know what I mean? Right. Who, who just... kind of, in a way, benefited from this in, yeah. in a way, right? So, because they're helping people achieve their goals in business and like all these other things it says here the trade seek a trade secret to the training is subject to non-disclosure agreement but reportedly it uses techniques the org- organization calls rational inquiry to facilitate personal and professional development um so yeah they wanted to like they were marketing it as some kind of uh, way to get your make yourself better a better business person, right? Mm. This smells like bullshit, does? <laughs> really. I have a strange feeling that like this was all uh, you know it was a con to begin with, 
And I think mm -hmm. some of the stuff that ended up happening, it just like this guy real like this guy started out being a con man and ended up a cult leader is what I kind of feel like happened, if that yeah. makes sense. Like I don't yeah. necessarily know that this guy set out to have sex slaves. It just that's what happened because he became right. a cult leader. Um not that that makes it any better or you know what I mean? No, no. Right. Uh so actress yeah. okay. Actress Kristen Crook, a Canadian actress, became involved in Nexium in 2006. Salzman and her daughter, Lauren, went to Vancouver, BC to recruit Smallville actor uh, to recruit Smallville actress uh, Allison Mack. Uh, a younger yeah, Salzman this group uh, Kristen Crook was this uh, other lady that I talked about that played uh, Superman's uh, girlfriend in the TV show. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, yes. Salzman's uh, younger daughter bonded with Mac, and they later became involved through Crook subsequently through them. Uh, oh, though Crook subsequently lex left Nexium, Mac became an enthusiastic enthusiastic proselytizer for Nexium, persuading her parents to take the courses and wrapping up production in small of Smallville in 2011. She moved to Clinton Park, New York, uh, to get closer to the Nexium home base. Yes, and in a, a little like sidestep here, many people think that uh, because of this Nexium thing, shit thing happened, they cancelled uh, Smallville. Uh, that they uh, knew when they, behind the scenes yes. that people knew what was going on and that they didn't right. want to get caught up in the drama, right? Right, right. Uh, which is kind of terrible because that what it says is that like, these people were willing to hide what was happening so that they wouldn't get involved. Yes. Right. Uh, which is terrible. Uh, Nexium has also been described as a pyramid scheme from uh, a sex trafficking operation as well, a cult, a sex cult. In 2010, Times Union article, former Nexium coaches characterized their students as prey for Renee's, Renee's sexual and gambling productivities. Pro so a lot of this, he was like a... a crazy gambler and they were giving him because they were these were very rich people so stay in the organization you had to like give tidings or whatever it's called in, in nexium terms yes and you had to give tons and tons of money to stay in the group lot and he was using it to gamble <laughs> yep more or less uh, I, I I want to read this part of this. In 2008, Brofman's sister allegedly uh, 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 pursued uh, Stephen Harper's confident of their father to ask Albany uh, County District Attorney Anthony's uh, David Source, uh, then New York Governor Elliot Spitzer, and uh, New Jersey Attorney. And Gengram to uh, open criminal investigation into Nixon critics. Nixon uh, reportedly kept dossiers of source Spicer, political consulate Roger Stone. Hey, we have heard of him before. U.S. <laughs> Senator Chuck Schumer, Albany Union publisher George Raffelhurst III. That is pretty uh, in a box. In the basement of Nancy Selman's home, according to the, the Times Union. 
Yeah, so then in, what, 2017, uh, New York Times article detailed, detailed began, details began to emerge of a uh, Dominus Obictuus Sorium, or DOS, a secret sisterhood right. within Nexium in which female members were allegedly called slaves, branded with the initials of Rainier and Mac, and subjected to corporal punishment by their masters, also required to provide nude photos of other and other potentially damaging information about themselves as collateral. Law enforcement representatives have alleged that DOS members were forced into sexual slavery as well. So, yep. this is uh, Sarah Edmondson, a Canadian actress who had been an ESP participant since 2005, said she left Nexium after Mac inducted her into DOS, a previous March at her home, uh, at in, previously in March at her Albany home, um, appearing on AE television program about cults, Edmonton provided additional context for the use of collateral concepts, saying that it was used to used in insidious forms from the earliest uh, outermost stages of Nexium in order to acclimate victims. For example collateralization of small amounts of money that one night might that one might forfeit if one did not go to the gym for a day okay yep the times later reported that hundreds of members left nexium after edmondson went public about her experiences yeah uh she said that uh what they did was was uh uh, for example, that uh, they were blindfolded, naked, held by down by Mac, and three other women, and branded the Nexium uh, 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 using a uh, pen. So it's oh, oh, I I've seen the I've seen the branding of it, and it looks very 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 strange. Uh, right, so let's go to some beliefs, or actually let's go to Alison Mack and talk about that a little bit, uh, since right. we were just talking about her. So Alison Mack in 2010 was reported to have been recruited to the Vancouver chapter of Nexium, along with Smallville co-star Kristen Crook. In 2003, articles from Forbes advocated uh, of Nexium portrayed as an organization focused on inspirational executive coaching uh, like a practical MBA, while detractors accuse Keith Rainier of running a cult. Uh, Mac was arrested in Brooklyn by the FBI on April 20th, 2018, on charges of sex trafficking, sex trafficking conspiracy, and forced labor conspiracy. Uh, mm -hmm. Right. Uh, she was, on April 2018, she was released on a $5 million bond under house arrest. She was charged with recruiting women for DOS or the Vow, a sex cult pr propagated by Nexium. Okay. Yeah. So when we talk about Nexium, I think a lot of people say when they say Nexium, they automatically think, "Oh, Nexium was this sex cult." But really, what the sex cult was was the dot was DOS or the Vow right. that was kind right. of being hidden within Nexium, which was this fake, uh, this fake. Uh, business school uh, pyramid scheme, right? And uh, how did uh, they go? Um, 
around recruiting. Well, Small will start to remember being invited to Nixon seminars by uh, Alice Actress Alina Hoffman uh, uh, can see the digital appeal of Nixon, the 40-year-old played Dinah Lance, the Black Canary on the W series Smallville, was invited several times to attend meetings by co-star Alison Mack, who she described as very uh, aspirational. As a young woman, 27, 28 on Smallville, Ali was uh, a couple of years younger than me, and she was flourishing, very well put together, and really peppy, an independent woman. She invited me a few times, and to some of those events, for whatever reason, I never made it, maybe because I was married and had kids, I might have had something else that grounded me more than and needed uh, that kind of grounding, but I can imagine the appeal, she told uh, page six. Yeah. Right. Uh, so let's go check out some of these beliefs. Um, Nexium featured a 12-point mission statement with participants recited during classes pledging to purge themselves of all parasites of envy-based habits, habits, to enroll others, and to ethically control as much of the money, wealth, and resources of the world as possible within my success plan. Right, so that has, you know, that, this is all like some big success money scheme uh, initially when you got into it. Next, he conducted intensive, intensive classes 12 hours daily for 16 days. One cited price for these classes was $7,500. Classes were divided into modules one module, relationship sourcing, students were instructed to explore the be benefits they would receive in the event of a partner's sudden death. Another module, right. Dr Dracula and his ghouls, reportedly discussed psychopaths and their followers. Other modules, titles included Best People, Perfect World, and Heroic Struggle. Okay. And this is where I think it reminds me a lot of Scientology, where they take a lot of different courses into different topics to become become a better human being. And you can progress as you pay right. for these courses. You get higher and higher right. le levels or whatever it is. Uh, Nexium has been associated with several organizations. JNAS was a society aimed at women with Society of Protectors was aimed primarily at men. The third group was uh, DOS, or like we said, this is a Latin phrase, uh, Dominus Obictus Sorium, the Latin phrase, phrase was translated by one member to mean master of slave women. Uh, mm -hmm. In 2006, Rainier also founded Rainbow Culture Garden, an international chain of child care organizations, that's terrifying, yep. in which children yep. were exposed to different languages. Uh, some members of Nexium's inner circle were reportedly taught that in past lives they were high-ranking Nazis. Barbara Bucci was reportedly the reincarnation of Reinhard Heydrich, uh, the Holocaust architect. Nancy Salzman was supposedly the reincarnation of Hitler, and Rainier claimed to have been the leader of anti-Nazi partisans. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so there's like some straight-up Nazism happening as well in this whole thing. 
Uh, next year, I'm teaching Drew upon diverse influence, included Amy Rain, Elron Hubbard, hey, <laughs> Milo Erickson, Hypnosis, Isaac Astro, Science Fiction, Rudolf Steiner, Tony, Tony Robbins, Robin. who is like, yes. you know, a motivational coach or whatever it is. And the neuralistic programming. Yeah, I, I like the whole beginning of Nexium thing. I kind of would compare to Tony Robbins. Like, if Tony yeah, Robbins had I a have. secret sex cult behind his whole yes. thing, I would not be really surprised. <laughs> um, yeah, he's too handsome <laughs> with that smile. <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, should we go and talk a little about? Uh, other famous people that maybe have been next to Why don't you just go through, like, the names of them? We don't really have to go into everything about them, yeah. Uh, Edgar Bone, Claire Bothman, Sarah Bothman, Pam Cartriff, Samuel Carty, uh, uh, Nancy Saltzman, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, maybe Jennifer Aniston? It says here, Jennifer Aniston uh, and Nexium. Was she actually in the cult? Uh, infamous Nexium cult is back in the limelight after two documentaries uh, headed by Keith Rainier. Uh, Nexium formed a sorority within its ranks called DOS or DOS, where members coerced into being branded, starved, and sexually assaulted. Nexium was known to recruit Hollywood stars to their ranks. Some sources claim. Jennifer Aniston and her boyfriend Gerard Butler might have had some involvement in the cult. Apparently, the two took courses at did take courses at Nexium for some unknown reason and ended up impressing current and potential members. But how deep did these stars actually get into Nexium from? Well, uh, after learning that uh, the cult and what it was all about. Anister and Butler left and never looked back, according to the economy types. Anister and Butler in, attended a inter, in, interrupted classes, but never made it further because they were turned off by the requirement that the organization were asking of them. Uh, claims that they fought to escape were debunked by Gossip Cop. Uh, the two simply left and didn't report. There were also rumors in the past that Aniston had joined the Church of Scientology. Of course, those rumors were squashed pretty much immediately. It says right. here, Allison Mack had also reached out to other big names like Kelly Clarkson and Emma Watson, but she did not receive responses from some of these people. So, Keith Renair... Uh, let's talk a little about him because he he was the maker of this. Uh, is he li living a life of sex slaves and having a nice and cozy life? Look, Keith Rainier, uh sentenced Tuesday. This was uh, from what October twenty seventh. We talked about this in the news when it actually happened. Uh, he was sentenced Tuesday to one hundred and twenty years in prison for his role in the criminal enterprise that included a cult like sorority. Uh, where women were sexually exploited, the U.S. Attorney's Office of the Eastern District of North Eastern Eastern District of New York announced in a tweet, uh, prosecutors were seeking a life sentence for Rainier uh, 
after a wild six-week trial where juries heard explicit testimony about his polyamorous sexual preferences and in many ways he manipulated his devotee oh his devoted followers into performing sex acts and and forcing and forcing them into labor yeah so that's something <laughs> but he says he's been convicted of seven felonies okay so uh, yeah 120 years in prison he's gonna be in prison his whole life even if he did like even if he had the bet he got a, so many years off for like a good good behavior or whatever it is right. he's still gonna be in yeah. there for the rest of his life so I have to ask you uh, where does this rate on the crazy scale look? I guess, uh, like the cult itself, uh, pretty high. Uh, yeah. I think the idea that it was like hidden within this, uh, uh, business, uh, what's a good word for it? Like motivational business thing that was supposed mm -hmm. to be like there to help people. Uh, become better business people and then some people they they went into it and they ended up feeling like they were doing or becoming a better business person and that turned into them being a sex slave uh, it's just crazy to think that people like human beings can be manipulated in that way but it really it happens right. more than we think right I mean uh, I remember when we did this Seinfeld uh, program or whatever it was where where uh, uh, they were making prisoners and 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 guards, and the guards said that they never like knew that they could act the way they did. And I think like it is the same mentality inside of some of these religions and cults. Like you're not aware of it before it's done, before you're out of it. Like right, you yeah, can't like see it, what's it, going on. Because everything around you is confirming that this is the right thing to do because you're in the, yeah. you're in the cult. Yeah. So everything around you is telling you this is correct. But then when you get you pull yourself back from it and you see like the wide picture, uh, mm -hmm. it, t it looks like something completely different. And I mean, that happened in, in this cult, but I'm also reading, I've been reading articles that like, there are still uh, side groups of this uh JNS oh, yeah. and DOS and other things that still are hap that still exist mm -hmm. even though this guy has been arrested and and a lot of his cohorts were arrested there's still people who believe in this uh I guess cult religion whatever you want to call it yeah no for me as well it, it ranks up there because I think it's the combination of like this in the beginning being very helpful for people and then becoming this like weird sex cult like how, the progression of it is pretty far uh, I put this pretty up there on the crazy scale because of like what it created so for me it's getting an eight and a half I think that's kind of how lots of cults work though is like Initially, it seems like it's helping you, or it, maybe it is helping you for the right. first little bit, and that that's how they pull you in. But then they trap you, and once they they have you trapped, that's when the, the bad stuff starts happening. It seems like for every cult, it seems like the same kind of what uh, trajectory for if you're like an individual participant. It's always like 
uh, oh, this is really helping. I, I, I was homeless and now I have a house and I got food and all these good friends around me because I'm in this religion. I have all these friends. I had no friends before. And then you're mm-hmm. stuck and all of a sudden you're getting branded and, and having sex with some dude that you barely know. <laughs> right. So where does it end on your Christmas scale then? Uh, it's got to be like what? And see, this isn't the craziest cult we've ever covered, so I'm gonna have to say like a seven point five, maybe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Twelve months of hell. Uh, it's a competition. Well, kind of competition. Uh, it is where you give me twelve uh, awful movies. One uh, month, uh, the end of the year, well, next year, we will do a tournament with the 12 movies to see what movie was was the worst uh, you had given me. Uh, Last week, we weren't really prepared for this fucking segment, so we said you were going to give me a movie, and you did. What movie did you give me? Uh, That's right, I gave you a Cheech and Chong movie from... You've probably seen yes. some Cheech and, Cheech and Chong movies in the past. I have, yes, actually. Some of them are okay. They're, they've got some good comedy moments in them. Uh, they're you know yeah. they're totally out of date for kids nowadays, probably. But this is one from 1983. It's called Still Smoking, from. Yes. Uh, uh. It, stoners Cheech and Chong reunite to head to Amsterdam to film. To a film festival after getting tickets from a promoter in L.A. When they show up to the party, Cheech is mistaken for Burt Reynolds and Chong for Dolly Parton. <laughs> the duo yeah, rolls with they it. Looks so fucking look alike, yeah. But it's Amsterdam, so they don't know any better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the duos, the duo rolls with it, and, and they roll more joints, partaking unusual antics at, at and eat every item, which includes a lot of mushrooms. At one menu at Amsterdam's Boulevard Cafe. Yeah, this is a... It's a film series. I haven't seen the first one. I doubt I will. Um, this was so bad. It, like, I, I, like I said, I don't mind trippy stoner movies that's actually what the category if you go look up google on google teach and song still smoking and it has like the category it says comedy slash stoner that's the okay that's the genre of film it is (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no uh and the thing where they were in amsterdam amsterdam is one of my favorite cities in the world so but it it's just bad it's it's just extremely extremely boring and very trite and like the jokes doesn't hit and i have to say that they think that he looks like bert reynolds i can understand but taking sean as dolly parton and making that a big part of the movie i was like i was totally fucking lost and I, I I watched this with someone, and and and, and after thirty minutes, uh, she said to me, "She's like, are we really going to watch the whole thing?" <laughs> I said, "Yes, that's the whole point of this." And she said, "Like, this is so boring. Like, it isn't like like if it was at least like kind of funny sometimes. It's just like." 
very long shots of people smoking drugs. If you really, really want that for one and a half hour, this is your movie. But uh, yeah, you uh, gave me a movie, and I am going to give it a 7.5 on the awful scale look. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this has 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got 4% on Metacritic and 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, Not great. (laughs) 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb, I'm a little surprised by, to be honest. Sure, yeah. It says here, the New York Times wrote about this. uh, Oh, no, Variety wrote, amateurish, incompetent excuse for filmmaking. Uh, The Chicago Tribune called it, or said, barely qualifies as a movie, adding, smoking indicates Cheech and Chong's disrespect for their own audience. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because, like, you look at two people being stoned for one and a half hour, and that's it. Like, super interesting. Boring, boring. But I have seen some good movies. So, let's talk about the movies you've seen this week, Luke. Right, we, uh, I guess we'll let's do the the one we saw together last. Uh, so the o- yes. o- only other movie I saw was Unhinged with Russell Crowe. Ah, cool! Guess what I saw this week? Look what Unhinged with Russell Crowe. That's because it came out this week, like on st- available <laughs> to stream. Because like somebody like bought the rights up to it, and they weren't releasing it anywhere to like actually get like get a hold of so like uh this week they actually put it out there so people people could find it i think it like it was either in the theaters still or just like in between when it was in the theaters to when it went to digital it took a while you know what i mean it seemed like it was way longer than most movies nowadays uh for it to come out uh after it got released i guess i i find it kind of interesting that i saw three horror movies this week and and this uh, this was very in the middle. This is I, I I'm I'm not going to to destroy this movie because it has good elements of it. There's elements of this movie I actually very much liked. I I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going to say this is a good movie by any chance. The, there was a huge issue with uh, temporal spacing in this movie yes. where. Yes. A person is one place, and then all of a sudden they just like, all like wiggle their nose, and then are all of a sudden in a completely other place. So that <laughs> the jump it makes the jump scare work. But when you really think about it, you're like, yeah. there's no physical way a fat Russell Crowe could have gotten from there to there to jump scare somebody because it, like there's just no way. It's not possible. Let alone that he's a big fat guy in this movie. But like I said, this has elements of it that that I liked. I I I, I liked. I, I think I very much liked Russell Crowe as this madman that uh, like goes on a murdering spree and uh, like someone honking on him. I can understand that. Uh, yeah, I'm. I would have liked a little bit more explanation as to what happened to his family afterwards or whatever. Like, we, we see the very initial opening scene. Uh, Russell Crowe, mm-hmm. I think, murders his family because his wife left him. Uh, 
Sure. And then we really don't find too much more out about that, except for kind of secondhand through uh, news that they're watching on TV, like the main characters. Mm. Uh, overall, I had fun with it, though. I thought it had its good points, but then it had its really bad points, like yeah. people just appearing out of nowhere, or the car getting completely flipped over, and then he's outside the car somehow. Like, did he... Did he phase through the roof of the car as it was flipping, like one of those twins from the third Matrix movie, you know what I mean? Uh, but, you know. overall, I'd give it a 6.5. Yeah, I give it a 6. It's it's very plausible. Um, other than the movie that we saw together, I saw an amazing horror movie or thriller. I saw Run this week. Okay. About uh, about this uh, woman and her her daughter and her daughter starting to understand that her mom is maybe poisoning her to like keep her inside and why why this is and why the daughter uh, and the mom like why 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 is the mom acting so strange. <laughs> Right. I don't really want to spoil it. It's very... You know how it's going to end, but the ending is still a very much a very fun surprise. Uh, I give it an 8. Cool. I'm going to probably watch that this week. I think it's on Hulu, right? Or, or Yes, on Hulu. Okay, and it okay. was yeah. so fun. Yeah, I got to check it out. Uh, you recommended it to me. I just didn't have a chance to watch yes. it. Uh, okay, what other movie did we see this week, Luke? We saw a movie <laughs> with another uh, 90s star who's gained a, a bit of weight, right? Not just Russell Crowe. Yes. Remember when Russell Crowe was in Gladiator? He doesn't look like Gladiator do. quite anymore, does he? Uh, no. Nothing wrong with that. It's just like, wow, quite a transformation for Russell Crowe from Gladiator to Unhinged. Uh, but yeah, we saw a movie with... Uh, I totally blanked out his name. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage, right? As a there you go. as a karate master, jujitsu master, right? Jujitsu master in a movie called Jujitsu, but they never really. I don't know why it's called Jujitsu. When I think about it now, I, I have no fucking clue. There's a lot of fight <laughs> scenes, but I don't think a lot of them had anything to do with like ground fighting which is what jujitsu right. is there was a lot of kicking and like flying up in the air and doing the backflip kick to the back of the head thing but i don't remember that part in in jujitsu where they did flying spinning back kicks but look this isn't jujitsu this is predator 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 yeah <laughs> Yeah, I didn't have problems saying that at all when we were watching the movie. Huh? Uh, yeah, there's something about that word. It's not a fro word for sure. Uh, <laughs> it's Predator mixed with the predator. Mortal Kombat movie. Yes. Mixed with maybe like a bad uh, war, war film kind of. Sure. Yeah. But uh, this was something. <laughs> Wow, the special effects in this movie. <laughs> There's the alien, and, like, it's clearly... It's not, like, a special effects oh. alien all the time. Sometimes it is. But it's just a guy in a silly suit, 
And then the mask they put on him was like a green screen mask. And it's got like this fuzzy outline that sometimes you can see the face behind it that looks like an, a lizard being thing, right? But then other times mm. it's just a fuzzy blue, like, I don't know, static happening on his face. Uh, really bad special effects, especially when he's throwing like the throwing stars. And it, there's some people that are running away and they, they clearly... They shot the people running away, and then they animated it in the throwing stars. But the one time, the guy's running away, and those throwing stars are going past him, and it's clear, like, there's no way he could be running that fast to get away from the throwing stars, right? He'd have to be, like, running Mach 3. <laughs> and there are so much unlogical things about this movie. You have no fucking clue. Uh... And that's that's why why I I think I I I, uh, I haven't like I, I when there was like thirty minutes left I just gave up and started laughing, but here here's one of my biggest problem with this movie is like the story there is no fucking story because there's a lot of like uh, let's fight here then we walk two meters. And then we fight here, then we walk a little more, then we shoot at this alien guy, then we walk a little more, then we fight, then we fight, then we fight, then we walk, then we shoot, and then the movie ends. <laughs> it was like, what right. the fuck was the story? There was no fucking story at all. Uh, well, what they said in this, the story was, according to the movie, alien, some interdimensional space aliens come to Earth every six years, all right, to try to take over the Earth. And if they don't defeat him and send him back to the other dimension by sundown for some reason, then the, the portal will be stuck closed and, and everybody in the world is going to be killed by this one alien dude. Uh, and, 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 and the thing is, they are not prepared. They are not prepared at all for this alien to come. That I know is going to get there because it has been six years ago. Why the fuck aren't you prepared? Right, they, there's this group of... The secret group of people, we find out, that like their whole purpose in life is to defeat this alien, and they've been training like their entire lives to defeat this right. alien. And but supposedly it happens every six years, and these people are pretty old, so you assume they've been through it once or twice before, at least. Uh, <laughs> at least. And you would think that they would have the, f if the point of their existence is that like they're willing to die to defeat this alien, wouldn't they just right. like strap a bomb to their chest so that when they were getting killed by the alien they could blow it up? But no, they don't think about that the entire movie until what the last like five minutes and then somebody's like hey look i got a bomb that i found and we're like what the fuck where did you find a bomb first of all and why didn't you think about a bomb like at the beginning of the movie <laughs> the, the thing is, they like, weren't even using guns at the this. beginning of the movie at the beginning of the movie right. they were using what like swords and then fist fighting against the alien <laughs> Yeah, and and the thing is, like, if they were a little prepared, they, they would stand outside of this thing. They know where the fucking hole for another dimension is, and they could just stand there and be ready for them to get over there 
every sixth year. <laughs> and it makes absolutely no fucking sense at all. Right, and then we meet Nicolas Cage. First, we meet him on a boat. And he doesn't have a single line on the boat. And, and he's just there, and we don't no. know why. And then all of a sudden... He's gone for, what, like 30 minutes of the movie, 45 minutes maybe of the movie, and then our protagonist just falls in a hole in the jungle, and in this hole that he falls in, Nicolas Cage is living in this hole in the ground in in a jungle in the middle of nowhere that our protagonist just happens to fall down. (laughs) I I think I, I don't... I think we saw Nicolas Cage all of seven minutes in the movie. Something if it's like more that. More than seven minutes, I will be extremely surprised. Well, there was the fight scene at the end where he fights the alien oh, as yeah, well. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But that's the part of the. Well, he was there five minutes, and then he was two in the opening. <laughs> so seven, yeah. Yeah. Overall, I gave this a two. I gave it a 1.5. Okay. I will be very, very surprised if this is not on someone's list this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would not be surprised if this is on the the Razzies, if we ever get that again this year or so. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's do something hopefully better. Uh, let's watch the trailer for Amplified. That's not what it's called. Embattled. The undisputed lightweight champion of the world. It's sideways. Oh, there we go. Oh my god, it's about football. It's Steven Dorf. I don't think I've seen him in a movie in a while. It's not about football. It's M&A. It looked like... (laughs) It looked like football. I did I thought it looked like MMA, but Okay. And he died. I know cool. he's back in your life. End of movie. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually what just happened there. He's living with the demon demons of accidentally killing a guy and then he has to train a young fighter, right? Yeah. Suffer? This is definitely not Rocky. Hard work. Not what, what, what was that Rocky spin-off called again? Where he trains another young guy. Yeah, what was that called? Uh, and there was a second one. Yes. Yeah, I don't remember. I didn't see the second one, I saw the first one. but. Yeah, the first one was okay. Creed? Creed, yeah. Creed? Creed, well, but yeah. So this is definitely not Creed for MMA then. This looks way worse than Creed, honestly. This looks like a bad movie. It looks awful. Yeah. You've been offered another fight? Unfortunately, it's against me. Oh my god. Steven Dorff is, like, slowly morphing into Luke Perry now that Luke Perry died. Doesn't he look yeah. like Luke Perry? Yeah. The writer of American History X, though. Was that guy supposed to be, uh... Is that supposed to be Dana White? I think that's who that's supposed to be. <laughs> Dana White with a goatee. It's like evil Dana White if he had a goatee, you know? 
Dumbledore. Evil Dana White is Dana White. So that must be good, Dana White, with the goatee. Yes. Yes. Because... That's how, that's how goatees work. Right. Yeah. Hey, uh, look, what is this, this totally Oscar-nominated movie all about? The eldest son of a ruthlessly tough MMA champion must fight his way out of an abusive cycle his father has continued. Uh, starring Stephen Dwarf, Karuchi Tran, Elizabeth R- Reeser. Uh, 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, 86% of Google users liked it. Yeah, uh, not many Google users uh, did care to write a uh, uh, thing about this, so I went to uh, the Rotten Tomatoes instead Okay, and uh, looked, looked at the audience review there. Uh, Steve S. said five stars. My favorite flick of 2020, Colin McKenna steals it. He's a rising star for sure. Great character development and subplots. I give it five stars. Jacob C. said uh, uh, half a star. I have never been more enraged, enraged at the directing of a movie. The plot was spectacular, but the filming of the fights and other scenes in general were horrible. They did a horrible on the build-up that ended. Great acting, though. And then gave it half a star. Wow. Okay. Weird. Okay, I went to the IMDb because there was... I didn't find a Facebook page, at least, if there was one. Uh, 9 out of 10 from Farm Girl. I wrote this movie originally (laughs) for, for... Oh, I watched this movie originally for a great friend of mine and a cousin who are in a bit of a... In a bit of this movie... Was very pleasant surprise for me. Could have turned out lame and boring, but actually it had me on the edge of my couch and at the time tugging on a couple of heartstrings as well. Uh, but Salah Halal321 says, uh, 5 out of 10, brilliant story, bad execution. The story is great, but the details of how MMA fights works, MMA fights work and are done is just a shame. The way the fights were captured is also annoying to watch. Um, let's see, 6 out of 10 from Zach, 22, pretty good acting at the top, great writing, great premise, the directing is less than desirable, it's fairly watchable though. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, and that's kind of what the trailer looked like to me as well, like, it's watchable, but like, probably not that great of a movie. Uh... Also coming out this week, Vanguard. Hey, that's we weird. Vanguard? That, that is, is very strange. So weird. Uh, but uh, it has a Stan- Stanley Tong has made it. It is with Jackie Chan, Maya Mugi, and Yang Yang. Uh, it has 4.6 out of 10 on R&B, 29% on North Tomatoes. Members of Nexium. Oh, no, it doesn't say that. <laughs> uh, I wonder if, if it's based uh, off that video game that they were talking about. That'd, right. be, that'd be hilarious. That would be funny. Uh, members of the covered security company to protect an, an accountant from the world's deadliest mercenary organization, also called Nexium. <laughs> uh, right, the next 
other oh sorry another movie that came out last weekend the last vermeer a soldier investigates a renowned dutch artist who is accused of conspiring with the nazis 70 percent on rotten tomatoes 6.6 6 out of 10 on imdb 56 percent on metacritic uh starring guy pierce uh vicky kreps august deal mm, yeah also coming out, uh, The Body Games, after following out six uh, lifelong friends who were night to play The Body Game, an insane competition filled with absurd physical and mental challenges. Now all bets are off as the determined pals fight, claw, and party to chance to win $150,000. With Josh Dumel, Olivia Munn, uh, Jensen Hatkels, Dax Shepard and Nick Swarden, directed by Josh uh, Dumel. Uh, production company WWE! Woohoo! Really? Okay. Yes. Yeah, Dax Shepard uh, is like a big WWE guy, isn't he? Um, yes. Uh, 5 out of 10 on IMDb, 17% on Rotten Tomatoes, but 75% of Google users liked it. That sounds pretty bad, and it has got a fairly good cast, even, too. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, but it is yeah. WWE films. A girl, a young woman, encounters a sinister sheriff oh. while searching for clues of uh, of her abusive father's murder. 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, 4.9 out of 10 on IMDb, 86% of Google users liked it, starring Bella Thorne, uh, Mickey Rourke, uh, Elizabeth Saunders, and Glenn Gould. Bella Thorne has been in a lot lately. Yeah, she is like killing it in the uh, in the movie acting department at least right yeah. now. Or she's making a lot of films at very least, um, and uh, she's been pretty good in the yeah. one that I've seen recently. So always and forever, uh, when a woman's childhood friends begin to die under sir mysterious circumstances, she becomes. Convinced their death are tied to dark sea secret from her past. Ooh, 3.5 uh, out of 10 on IMDb. 63% uh, of Google users liked it. That's not a very good uh, score. Uh, directed by Chris Stokes, uh, Laura London, Cynthia Aiden, uh, Robbie James. Oh, Wood, uh, Wood Harris in it, isn't it? Lorita Devine. Okay. So, if you have to watch a movie, which movie would it be? Yeah. Um. I think it's in between for me, Girl and Vanguard, and it look. It seems like I would okay. enjoy maybe Girl more, but Vanguard does have Jackie Chan, and I do like me some Jackie Chan. Hmm. Uh, I, I would see you. Yeah. Go ahead. I would see Body Games. Just the one with 17% because it's a terrible movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm going to go Girl because I think that probably would be if I was going to watch one of them, I'd probably watch that. Girl, I know what you need. Girl, I know, know what you want. I think Mickey uh, Rourke, is, yeah. he's a good actor. And if Bella Thorne's side-by-side side yeah. with Mickey Rourke acting, that could be a good film. And it's a mystery, which I really like mysteries. So, yeah. 
Uh, hey, hello. If you like books, you should go to audibletrial.com slash another digital citizen. That's audibletrial.com slash another digital citizen. Coming next week, we'll talk of news of the week. Moonbase 8, episode 4. Uh, we will have another digital review of the Crods. I remember the first one. Uh, the A New Age. Did I see this movie? You, the Crods? Yeah. Um, it's an animated chick movie? I don't know. I don't remember if I saw the first one or not. But this is... <laughs> I'm assuming the I've sequel. S- yeah. Yeah, I've I've seen the first one. I I remember that I didn't especially like it. Oh, okay. Um, main topic we will talk about why is Zoom so popular and why like Zoom and not Skype, for example, or Discord or anything, any or other whatever. like surface. Like all of a sudden, why? Why did coronavirus make Zoom so popular? Should maybe yeah. be the actual title of the topic, right? Uh, Jeremy Corner, uh, Brave New World is cancelled from Peacock. Oh, what was that? Did did we see that? Brave New World. I, yeah, I saw the first season of uh, that, uh, at least. I don't remember it. I liked it. But it's possible I saw it. You know what I mean? We see so many uh, TV shows, so. Do you know what? I, I, I can already tell, tell the audience that I broke, have broken every fucking record this year when it comes to, to TV shows I've seen. I've seen more TV shows this year than I did the first year. Uh, no, last year and first year combined. <laughs> last year and first year of what? Of this podcast. Oh, okay. I was like so confused. I'm like, what is he talking Records of what? Okay. Oh, your own yeah. PR record, personal record is what you're talking about. Okay. Right. Yes. I was just totally confused seems, by that. Just seen so much TV this week or this year. I mean, I, 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 I have, uh, I see approximately 4.7 new shows uh, a week. <laughs> That's a lot of new shows. Four point seven. Okay, what, what? I don't know what a point seven of a show is, but sure. Uh, yeah, I would say that's about right. I have that's no if, no idea how many shows. Statistics. Uh, yeah, that's if you do it statistically and like you do it that way. You have to like add it, but yeah, four point seven. But yeah, no, uh, I am a little sad. I like that show. It was a very good show. No, I didn't know anything about it. I did see they are going to do a second season of The Vow. That has been confirmed as a thing, by the way. Yes. Uh, So, yeah, I got to finish the last two episodes. Uh, I don't think it's going to be till beginning of next year, middle of next year or something, so. Right, and they are making other Nexium documentary things. I'm not super interested. I, I really like this one, so I don't really need another one. Right. There is a movie coming soon as well. Uh, PewDiePie and KSI finally making something together. That was fun. Oh, yeah, that was a good video. Uh, review. Yeah. Uh, what else happened on YouTube this week? I'm trying to think. Um... We talked about frenemies. We didn't really go over the Charlie 
D'Amelio stuff, really. We kind of mentioned it at, in the middle of the show, but, like, right. that's pretty... Like, all the drama surrounding James Charles and Charlie D'Amelio and her sister, and there was, like, a YouTube video, I guess, with her parents where a 16-year-old girl said she didn't like escargot and everybody got offended at that. It's like, really? You're surprised a 16-year-old girl doesn't like escargot? Yeah. You, you spit that out and you be judged by a hundred thousand people. hundred million. I, I really, really, really don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand that at all. Well, people just want to... I don't wanna, understand. Why? Pe people want to cancel people. You know, that's what the internet does, I guess. And she's really popular yeah. now. And other... You know, there were people that didn't like that. But I think it's m more to do with, like... Uh, how how everything was treated with the video itself, I guess, kind of? Because it didn't seem like these sure. girls really wanted to do this video. They were just doing it because their parents wanted them to do it. And it makes them look kind of like these, uh, you know, show parents that want to, like, you know what I mean, like Dance Mom or something like that. I sent you a fun video this week uh, about the guy that's trying to cross Norway. Oh yeah, right. But on fo yeah. on foot, right? On foot. It just had like in, in a straight, straight line. line, right? So he has to like yeah. walk through lakes, walk through yeah uh, anything that's in his way, I guess. But like, what happens if there's a building to go around? Do you well, go through the building? Like walk. <laughs> he has done that before. He has knocked on people's store and like. I need to I walk can... straight through the house, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I I liked that show uh, from uh, from before, so it was funny to see that he was taking a vacation in Norway. Uh, yeah, I I got recommended uh, on YouTube this week the uh, li live feed of the train in Norway. They're like promoting it as like a recommended thing on YouTube now. <laughs> the uh, oh yeah, long form the, the, the thing. Long yeah, but it's yeah. it's actually live, so somebody's running a live feed from it onto YouTube. Yeah, yeah, there's a new one now. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I haven't really had anything else. It's been a weird week with almost no news and kind of like so somber week. I saw wrestling this week. That's new. Oh yeah, wrestling. Me? Right. Yeah. I don't. Well, I you saw, saw WWE, and, and I don't watch WWE, so yeah. Undertaker retired, right? Yeah, he said, uh, "I am dead," and then he went away. Uh, well, he saw us <laughs> more or less. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I saw the interview with him with Steve Austin uh, okay. right after. That was more interesting, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I saw the Hot Ones with him. I actually watched that. I don't usually watch Hot Ones. I'm not really a fan of it, but seeing Undertaker on there, I was Ooh. like, okay, maybe I should see this. And he said everything you thought he would say. He didn't answer any, like, really new questions that you haven't heard from Undertaker before, but he did a pretty good job with the wings. No. I did, was expecting him to no-sell the whole thing, and... and in the last two, you could see he was feeling it. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's like you can't oh, stop definitely. yourself, but 
I don't know if you've ever seen that video of Daniel Bryan, like, eating a ghost pepper. No. There's, like, a video of Daniel Bryan eating a ghost pepper on, like, a radio talk show or something, and he just totally no-sells it, like, because he's, you know, he's a wrestler. He's like, oh, no, I, I'm hurting right now, but I'm a wrestler, and we're trained to not show pain, <laughs> right? Oh. Yeah, that's a really yeah. interesting video, because it shows Daniel Bryan, like, actually just, like, He's just sitting there stone-faced after eating a ghost pepper. <laughs> Very interesting. Uh, I think that's everything I want to talk about. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? No. I mean, I guess there were a lot of good Unis Honest memes this week because it went away. And it's yeah. funny to see people who don't know, never watched it and are like, what the hell are all these memes? <laughs> that's pretty funny. Other than that, yeah, I think we're done for the week. Well, my name is Fro. My name is Luke. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen. Goodbye.